How is everybody doing? There we go. Hallelujah. Hey, it's Pentecost Sunday, everybody. I love the fact that it's Pentecost Sunday. You know, we had Mother's Day last, last uh, month. And so Mother's Day is set aside as a special day to honor mothers. But it's not the only day that you honor your mother. Is that fair to say? Coming next week is uh, Father's Day, and um, we set aside a day in the calendar to honor our fathers. We make special effort to honor our fathers, but it's not the only day that we want to honor our fathers, right? Amen. Amen? Amen. Likewise, today is Pentecost Sunday, and we want to honor the Holy Spirit and what God did, uh, what the triune God did by sending His Spirit. You know... You understand the sequence of events, right? When 2,000 years ago, when Jesus and Mary so eloquently began to tell us, she, she could have kept going, preaching a message on, on, on the benefits that Jesus make, made available to us when he died on the cross. He's given us righteousness. He's given us peace in our hearts. He's given us joy. And the fact is, all of, the, all of these things come uh, by way of, of the work of the Holy Spirit. He's the agent. For example, Romans 5.5 5 says that the, the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. He's the one who brings the benefits of the cross, what Jesus did for us. He brings it into our lives. Amen? The kingdom of God is love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. In the, in, in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we love the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus died on the cross, when he was buried, when he rose again from the dead three days after, according to the scriptures, when he ascended into heaven, he and the Father, they released the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit fell upon the church, as you know in Acts chapter 2. It fell upon the church. Uh, the, the gathered believers there, 120 plus people gathered in that room, and that's when the church was, was birthed. Because now we are living in an era where the Holy Spirit not just lives with us, beside us, or over there or around there. We're surrounded by Him. I feel like I'm surrounded by Him, surrounded by, by Him. But He's on the inside of us. He's living on the inside of us. And in an incredible new era, a new reality has happened for people who are believers in Jesus. But we get to be sort of like a hybrid. We get to be still very human. And everybody who's been alive for a while knows what it means to be human. We're still very human. But we have this divine, uh, divine dimension that's also in us. So we're like a hybrid. I used to drive a Prius at one point. And a Prius, it runs on gas. And it runs on, on electricity as well. And so human beings are sort of like that. It's a poor example, but, but we're sort of like that. We're a hybrid of both human and divine. And we have this incredible connection with the Godhead. I keep on saying, I heard somebody, I heard somebody say it one time, and I keep repeating it, that we are the mobile headquarters of the divine tri triune God. We're the wherever we go, Jay, wherever you and I go, we carry the living God with us. He's not just up there somewhere, only up there, or far off, he's not just in China, 
or in the heaven somewhere, he's with us, and wherever we go, we get to carry him. Isn't that cool? So we get to go, I'll give you this example, I'll give it to you again. Um, a, a little while ago, I went into the optometrist's office, and the, she was, the, ladies, the, the doctors were running late, and so there's a, a big pile of people in the room, it was all, everybody, everybody, everybody was all squished in, and people were getting a bit impatient and a bit anxious and worried. And so I opened the door, I walked into the room, I see what's going on, and I said, okay, everybody, relax, because I'm here. That's my non-religious way of saying, peace be unto you. Jesus said, wherever you go, as you go from town to town, release the peace. Right? Go into somebody's home and release the peace. That was my non-religious way of saying, Jesus has arrived on the scene because I carry him. And so what happened was uh, the following week I had to go back for a follow-up appointment and the, um, the uh, receptionist, when I opened the door and walked in, it was a smaller group of people that day, but I walked into the room and the receptionist, as soon as she saw me, a big smile on the face, I remember you, I remember you. You must be a Christian or something. So anyway, that's just a, a, an example of the fact that we, can, we carry the presence of God everywhere we go. And again, it's because of the work of the Holy Spirit. So I love, I love, I love the Holy Spirit, don't you? He is the indispensable Spirit. We can't live without Him. We can't live without Him. We can't do this Christian thing without Him. His presence, without His enabling grace, without His enablement. Um, uh, so what we're going to do today is, I, because I'm also, as I was reflecting on this, I was remembering uh, what God did in our midst uh, starting in 1994. Right, when the whole, see, this church, this church, Castrofire Scarborough, is essentially birthed out of an incredible move of the Spirit of God. It wasn't, it wasn't you know, Steve Long and Ramesh and Elsie saying, okay, we'll start a church in Scarborough. It was the Holy Spirit who poured himself out over uh, this little group of people back in 1994, and then as a result of that, so much has happened. And so, and so in terms of honoring the work of the Holy Spirit in our lifetime, not in Azusa Street or in Pentecost on, in Jerusalem or in Wales or anywhere else, which is, you, you know, moved powerfully over the course of time. But in our lifetime, in our little lifetimes, we've seen a mighty move of God. So I want to honor that this morning. And we have a couple of people, uh, such as Ian, who was there even before the Spirit was poured out. So I'm, I've asked Ian to come and just tell us how the Holy Spirit changed his life, impacted his life when he fell on the church uh, a bunch of years ago, 1994. Yeah. Ian Ross, everybody. Hey. Mr. Father Hart. Need me to move this. Yeah, make the light go off. Orange light has to go off. I'm just playing with you. Let's just continue in his presence, shall we? Isn't it, isn't it wonderful this morning? What a worship group we have here. 
every week. Just give him a hand. <clears throat> well, I became a believer way back in 1971, even though I'm only 28 myself. Um, and it was a wonderful church, but we, we loved Jesus with passion. We loved the Word of God, but there was no Holy Spirit. So I was a believer for 20 years without the Holy Spirit. Oh, awful. Wonderful people. But in my life, I can just testify there was no fruit whatsoever. But <laughs> by his grace, the Spirit led us to go to the airport church. I think it was 1990. And uh, very soon thereafter, we were filled with the Holy Spirit, which I just love the Holy Spirit. Anybody love the Holy Spirit here? Oh, what a dramatic shift. And uh, at the same time, we were, we were hearing uh, the revelation of the Father's love from Jack Winter. And through his teaching and by the, by the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit sent me a heart encounter with the Father which is where the transformation began, was in my heart. But it's the Holy Spirit brought it, quickened it to my heart. And uh, just tremendous change happened. Started off with a lot of inner healing stuff, but ended up being uh, an anointing to actually carry this revelation to the nations. But it was the Holy Spirit that put all that together. So every, every key moment in our Christian walk since then is, has been led by the Holy Spirit in terms of coming on staff and then coming off of staff because he said, I want to, to go to the nations and leave the staff. But as the Holy Spirit was giving us direction and then he put everything together. So we, I think Ramesh has already mentioned this, but we absolutely rely on the Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a dependence on hearing from God and following his voice. We've learned to value his presence. Even this morning I spent two hours in his presence. And uh, he filled my living room with his sweet presence and it was just so glorious. But we must, we must give honor to him. We must listen to him. In the early days, I was so busy doing church, I wasn't listening. I even had a day one day at church when I was on staff and I was busy working on a chart for John Arnott and the Holy Spirit came into my office and I just said, well, let me just finish this chart. <laughs> See, we can be pretty dumb at times, you know what I mean? When I finished the chart, of course, the Holy Spirit had gone and I was like, okay, lesson learned. We wait on him. Janice and I, whenever we face something, we've learned to wait on the Holy Spirit. Because, because of that, we know we're dependent. We have to wait on him. And in every aspect of our Christian walk, even a couple of weeks ago, I was in uh, Abbotsford. I was doing a... Uh, a conference with uh, Teen Challenge and Adult Challenge and there's about 80, 80 people there. I was working with Brian West who was the first uh, youth pastor of the airport church 
But this was a heavy duty meeting. This, this, this is a group that are, are coming out of drug addiction, coming out of jail. They have huge father issues. But Brian and I together, listening on the Holy Spirit, he would, he would have us share what, what we were to share with these people. But the, the intensity was just overwhelming because there's, there's a lot of anger around father issues. But he, the Spirit says, I want you to teach about forgiveness. Like really in depth. And I walked them through these 80 people. Asking God to forgive it. Because I said, this whole thing operates by grace. And then the heart of sonship. You know, the, the, uh, one of the names for the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Sonship. So he brings us into our sonship. And the Holy Spirit, even under his direction, he says, I want you to offer up to any of these men and women, maybe the very first hug they've ever had in their life. These battle-hardened, life-crushed people. And so many came to the front and just through tears and through the, the Holy Spirit, they met the Father. So this is, this is I, all I can say is I, I can't take a step or do anything apart from him. And I must caution you, because I've done this myself, is... is He's very sensitive and he can be grieved. And I know I've grieved him by maybe by ignoring him or delaying something or not doing what he asked me to do or even through sin. And you pay for that because then there's the broken relationship which you so depend on which quickly leads you to repentance because you want that restored again because that connectedness is essential. So I just encourage you to... Uh, Make space. Listen. Do whatever he asks you to do. And uh, enjoy him. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Ian. Elsie, would you like to come and share as well? So, uh, Ramesh asked me if I would share something that happened in my life at airport uh, when God was pouring out his spirit. And there was just, there's a lifetime of things that, that happened. And, and I'm not the same person as when I began uh, to move into God's presence. And I had known the Holy Spirit. I walked with him. I ministered. But, you know, you get to those places where you're tired. You lose your vision. Um, and there are ways that that happens. And for me, I'd been hurt in church. And I'd gotten to the point where I didn't like church. I didn't like church people. Um, I held on to uh, my relationship with God, not realizing that I really didn't know him if I wasn't also knowing the church. And uh, so um, I rehearsed all the nasty things that were happening in my life. I spread it around. I talked to people. Um, I had so much self-protection around me. I couldn't feel anything. So when God started pouring out his spirit, um, I found myself there, and I knew it was God, but I was highly critical of it. And... I was resisting the Holy Spirit. And 
Um, and I knew that it was God, so I kept on going. And, and yet for at least two years, all this amazing stuff was going on with people. Their lives were being changed, and I got zip. Every time I went, and I went all the time, nothing, nothing, nothing. And it was so frustrating. And then one day, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Elsie, you have too much pain, and I want to heal you. Do you want to be healed? And I realized that I had to make a choice between the offenses and the unforgiveness and the hardening of my heart and the self-protection, and, and I had to learn to yield to him. And I, you know, because the Holy Spirit put this on my heart today, I know that there's some of you who've her, you're saying, I don't feel anything. Well, this might be a key for you because uh, we protect our own hearts. We get stuff happen to us. And without knowing it, you can become religious. Now, what is religious? Well, the, the Holy Spirit's really helped me with this. This has been the most life-changing thing that, that he's given to me is that if I take offense, if, if I entertain criticism or accusation or judgment, if I'm always analyzing everything, then I'm going to miss him. And uh, you become re religious pretty fast. And what do I mean by religious? You break that relationship. You, don't, you stop honoring the Holy Spirit. You stop honoring who he loves. He loves every single one of us deeply. And so then I began to realize I was resisting him and I needed to deal with it. Well, then he started to show me where I was um, grieving him. And that had to do with my tongue. And so I began to repent of speaking about the people and rehearsing the, the hurts that had happened to me. And you know... I, I began to grow in my faith. I began to grow in my relationship. I began to be even more sensitive. In fact, my conscience even got even more tender. And I ended up, uh, even if I started thinking critical thoughts, I stopped it. Because I was that hard shell over my heart that was making me uh, hardened to him, that began to dissipate. And so rather than grieve him, because like Ian was saying, I didn't want to do anything that grieved him. And, and, and so my relationship with him started to get sweet. And then I realized that, um, that there were areas where my disobedience, I didn't think I was disobedience or disobedient, but there were, he wanted to teach me how to walk with him. And so um, I began to, to just hang out with him because it was a whole lot easier to hang out with him all the time than to just listen when I needed him. You know, you can use God. You can use him to, to fix things. And between him and me, it's, you know, he started healing up my heart so that I just, I just didn't want to be anywhere without him. And he was calling me to intimacy. I began to feel the love of the Father. I, I knew the Father. 
but I knew him as someone who would discipline me. But suddenly, I began to experience his affection for me. His affection was there all along, but I needed to stop what I was doing. I, I, had, to, I had to repent of those things before the Holy Spirit would begin to come. We say, come Holy Spirit, but he, he was saying to me, uh, you've told me that you want to come. You've told me that you're, that you, that you're hungry for me, but I want to see you change then. And, and it had so much to do with the posture of my heart and my tongue. And he began to change me uh, in tremendous ways from the inside. And so a lot of people experienced outside manifestations, or at least I thought they were, but God was doing humongous things on the inside, like me. And you know what? All of a sudden, I started experiencing his presence, even physically. And why? Because now I was sensitized again to the moving of his spirit. I was loving his, what, how he does things. I was loving who he loves. I fell in love with the church like you wouldn't believe. I am one of the most uh, uh, passionate people for the church. If you, if you speak against the bride of Christ, whoa, you're going to hear the wrath. Well, I'll be as nice as possible, though. But, but listen, there, he absolutely adores us. And he's so careful with each and every one of us. And the Holy Spirit is here not only to be um, our comforter, our helper, but he really wants to wash us and cleanse us and baptize us fully. Holy Spirit came to baptize us with fire. That means we got to get rid of stuff and be willing. And, and he said to me yesterday, he said, um, uh, if you want more of me, surrender more of you. You know, you can have as much of him as you can handle, but if you want to go beyond that, keep on giving him everything. Stir up that dependence on him. Um, he wants us to walk with him and be led by him and filled with him. That's about intimacy. And, um, and so he's not entertainment on a Sunday morning. We can, we, can, we can actually reduce him to that. No, he wants to absolutely change us. Amen. Amen. Beautiful, tested preach there, Mlevi. God is so good, so good. My quick story is way before the, uh, the airport church, back in 1985, before some of you were even born. Yes, Ian. Um, I was in Halifax. I just moved to Halifax. I was doing my studies at the university there. And I was a believer. I became a believer at the age of 14. But over the course of time, I've, I sort of, uh, you know, backslid is the word that the church people use. And um, so I, I didn't stop believing in who Jesus was. But I, I just wasn't living in a way that honored uh, my commitment to him. And so... Uh, that's the place that I was in. My dad had, had recently died. So a year after his death, which would have been my last year of university, I felt this d desire to go to church. I, I want to go to church because I want to honor his memory somehow. So I talked to some of my friends who I knew were Christians. 
And uh, so we ended up going to this church. And um, while we were in this, there was a Pentecostal church in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, Evangel Temple. And um, the guest speaker was from the Bahamas. And he was speaking about, you know, Christians who live a yo-yo life. Yo-yo life. You know the yo-yo? One day they're up, next day they're down, third day they're up again, and they weren't living uh, sort of, you know, committed, ongoing. There was a momentum in their lives. Um, he, so, uh, so while he was speaking, I turned to my buddy and said, How, who, 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 which one of you uh, told him I was going to be here in the service today? <laughs> and uh, so at the end of his message, he uh, made an altar call. Two people went up, an older lady, and I, I went up. Uh, because I, I felt convicted um, by, by what he was speaking, because he said the answer to this, the answer to your, to your up and down life, in and out life, is the, uh, an empowerment, or baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I went forward, and he prayed for the lady. She hit the deck really fast. This was way before Toronto. Um, uh, nothing sensory happened to me. I just stood there. He prayed. Um, I received in faith. Uh, but I can tell you that from that point on, onwards, uh, my life completely changed. Within six months, I was in, on the mission field, traveling the world, preaching the gospel. And that moment, I still remember very, very clearly, uh, even the, the, the place, the location, even the smells in the room when God came and met me spirit to spirit. I wish there was more dramatic stuff that happened, but it wasn't anything dramatic. It was God working deep in my, in my heart, spirit to spirit. And that changed every single thing about me in terms of uh, things for, uh, patterns of behavior just, just stopped like, just like that, boom. And so I rejoiced. I tell you that story because I give honor to the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. Of course, coming to the airport, totally different story, radical, radical stuff happening. Um, I don't want to uh, take too much more time, except I want to uh, give you three, three uh, commandments that we find in the New Testament re regarding the uh, Holy Spirit. Three negative commandments, don't do this, and then three positive ones. And then we will pray because I want to give us a chance to have a fresh connection with the Holy Spirit. Let him come and come, come and touch us in a fresh new way. So slide number two, please, my good friends back there. There's a man by the name of E. Oh, do not resist. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Do not resist. That's the first one. You stiff-necked people. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. You know the story. This is Stephen speaking to the religious people. Um, and he, he gave them this incredible message of how God had, a, had, been, in a work, had been at work through the, the people of Israel. But he says that you have continued to resist what God wants to do, you've resisted who this person Jesus is because of the pride of your heart. You, there's pride in your heart. You stiff-necked people. That's a, that's, a, that's, an, that's, that's a way of saying people who are proud. You're stiff-necked, right? You know that. Stiff-necked people, he said. 
Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. And because they were resisting the Holy Spirit, they thought they had a monopoly on God. And just to clarify, these were people who were zealous for God, right? They knew the Bible in and out, Old Testament. They knew it so well. They loved God with, uh, with all their hearts, and they wanted to serve Him. But they were doing it in their own effort, in their own strength, in a super religious way, and they weren't relying on the grace of God. They weren't relying on the Ruach HaKodesh to help them in this whole process. And so because of that, they ended up missing, misunderstanding and missing who Jesus was. And so Stephen says to them, you guys, you're missing it because of your pride. You've been resisting the Holy Spirit. So we don't want to resist the Holy Spirit because like we've already said, he's the one who brings everything that Jesus died and accomplished on the cross. He brings all of that into our reality. He's the agent that brings the kingdom of God into our lives. And so when we resist him, we're resisting the kingdom. Amen? Number two, do not quench or stifle the Holy Spirit. Paul says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. So here's what I would say. When we are not rejoicing, regardless of circumstances, when we're being crabby, when we are not praying continually, but when we're filled with unbelief and uncertainty about what's happening in our lives, when there, isn't, when there isn't faith activated leading us to prayer, when we aren't giving thanks in all circumstances, when we're complaining and, and, being, um, um, uh, and mumbling, those are evidences of the Spirit of God being quenched in our lives. When we're being critical and judgmental, we're, being, we're quenching the Spirit. So Paul is saying, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Be, re, be full of rejoicing, be full of joy. It's possible to be full of joy regardless of the circumstances that we face. So let's deal with unbelief in our hearts. Third thing is, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, as Ian's already mentioned. Do not grieve the person of the Holy Spirit. Do not let unwholesome, unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others, uh, building others up according to their faith or their needs. They may, may that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. So the point I want to make there is that when it says do not let any unwholesome talk, that's not just using bad language or cuss words, okay? Unwholesome talk is when there's bitterness in our hearts, when there's rage and anger and brawling on the inside, and we let that out through our mouth. We, we begin to speak judgmentally or critically because, you know, Jesus says, whatever is in the hearts. You remember the story when the, when the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, how come your followers don't uh, do all the ritual stuff, the cleaning of their hands and all those things? 
Jesus says it doesn't matter what goes into your mouth. It's actually what comes out because what comes out of your mouth is what's actually in your heart. Right? So that's what the guy is saying. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit because uh, when, when you speak unwholesomely, when you speak out of bitterness and anger and rage and all those things, you're actually grieving. The flow of the Spirit is not being in operation in your life. So do not do these things. Don't let sin, these are inwards, in, it is their inner, uh, right? He's speaking about the interior life of the person, not the outward things, the interior life of the person. When sin is harbored there, when you have toxic emotions still resonant in our lives, it's going to come out. And as it comes out, you're going to, we'll be grieving and limiting the work of the Spirit in our lives. Amen? So don't, let's not be prideful. Let's not think that we've arrived, that we have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit, on God or the Word of God or anything. We don't. Let's not be prideful. Let's not be unbelieving. Let's not be harboring sin in our hearts. Amen? When we, when, when, we, when we don't do those things, we allow the Spirit of God to be flowing. Oh, there are three positive ones. Let's go next. Three positive ones. Much funner to talk about. Ooh, walk in the Spirit. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. It's like a civil war going on on the inside of us, man. Any Christian who's lived uh, any, any length of time as a believer in Jesus, there is this ongoing tension with, on the inside. Paul speaks about it so eloquently in chapter 7 of Romans. He mentions it here in, in, uh, in Galatians. There's this tension on the inside between what we know we should be doing that's right, but yet somehow we're incapable of doing it because our spirit gets, or our flesh gets in the way. There's like a, there's a, there's a, a civil war going on on the inside of every believer. The, the analogy I use is that there are two tigers, right? There are two, two tigers on the inside of us. One tiger is the spirit. The other tiger is the flesh. If these, two, if these two tigers have to fight, which one will win? The one that's better fed. Okay? So if we feed the spirit, if we feed the spirit, how do we feed the spirit? Well, friendship is one thing. We, we inculcate friendship with the Holy Spirit. We invite Him in. It's never, in my lifetime, in my experience, it's never ever successful or good enough to say, I will not do that thing. I will not do that thing. I will not watch pornography, or I will not lie, or I will not, whatever it is, it's never good enough to say, I will not do that. Because that becomes the focus of your attention, and before too long you end up going where your attention is. It's always better to fill the thing you don't want to do with a greater passion. Does it make sense? You, you, you end up going in the direction in which you're focused. Try driving a car. You end up going in the direction in which you're focused. So instead of saying, I will not do that thing, say, I will worship Jesus. I will inculcate, I will develop relationship with the Holy Spirit. I will invite the Spirit of God to be actively involved in my life. Holy Spirit, can you help me with the weather tomorrow because I want to play golf. I, I, want, I want the Spirit of God to be involved in every single aspect of my life. 
and in a supremely non-religious way because he's involved in every single aspect of our lives, whether we, we want him there or not. He's there. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Our benefit comes when we acknowledge his presence and we get to relate to him and rely on him and develop his relationship with, our relationship with him. So walk in the spirit. Develop friendship with the spirit of the living God. Next thing would be be led by the Spirit. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. I love that, don't you? Being led by the Spirit. He's the one who directs our lives. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought you out or brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. That's the Spirit of God that makes it possible he gives us the, a revelation that we can really in our hearts, not just with our lips, not just echoing other people's voices or songs or whatever it is, but from our hearts we know that we are sons and daughters because the Spirit of God makes it real to us. He's the one who makes it real to us. Once, once we give Him enough attention, He whispers that into our hearts and we get to know in our hearts that we are truly sons and daughters of God and we get to live that out. You know, we can say many things with our lips, but our actions will always determine the reality of who we are. So being led by the Spirit, being obedient to whatever it is He's asking us to do, as we develop relationship with Him, we'll be led by the Spirit, and we'll know that we're sons and daughters. And there's no better thing for a Christian than to know truly in their heart of hearts that you are a son, you're a daughter of God, part of the family of God. Thirdly, be filled with the Spirit. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be filled. And everybody in this room who's ever been around Catch the Fire or any, if you read the Bible, you know that when he says, be filled, that tense, that language in Greek means be continually filled, be repeatedly filled, be continually filled, be filled over and over and over. It's not a one-time baptism that we had when I was 14 years old. It's a continual filling of the Spirit. There's a guy by the name of D.L. Moody, famous preacher of the gospel uh, back in the day. And he, um, he used to talk a lot about being filled with the Spirit. And then two ladies came to him and said one day, Excuse me, Mr. Moody, you keep on talking about being filled with the Spirit. Why do you keep on talking about being filled with the Spirit? He says, because ladies and gentlemen, or ladies, the reason why I speak continually about being filled with the Spirit is because I leak. <laughs> I leak, so I need to be continually filled. Right? I know I leak. My wife can tell you I leak. So we need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit so we can be saturated with the life of God flowing in and through us. When we do that, all these incredible benefits come to us. That's why one of the, 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 the verses, I mean, um, the, the greatest prayers that we have ever prayed at the airport church during the time of the renewal, we still do, is more Lord, more Lord. As somebody else said, there are no toxic levels of the Holy Spirit. There are no toxic levels 
of the Holy Spirit. You can have even toxic levels of different vitamins, can't you? But not of the Holy Spirit. We need to be continually filled with the Spirit of God. More Lord. Amen? Uh, next slide. Here are some benefits of being continually full, filled with the Holy Spirit. First of all, I already mentioned Romans 5.5. 5, the love of God fills our heart. Right? Is that something that I, by the way, every single thing that God is, is asking us to do and, and to live out um, as believers in Jesus, everything is asking us to do uh, none of it can be done in our own strength. None of it can be done authentically in our own strength. We, we are completely reliant, we're dependent on God at work in us. Work out your own salvation with, with fear and trembling because it is God who works in you. That's not up there on the screen. But that's in the Bible. So we need, the, we need the love of God, and the authentic love of God will only come to us by way of the Holy Spirit, bringing it into our lives. As we raise up our hands, as we cry out to Him, God, I am not as loving as I should be, and I need your love. Can you come and fill me? Can you help me to be more loving? Can you help me to have more hope, more hope in my heart? especially when you're going through difficult circumstances of life, whether it's a personal thing, family thing, whether you're conscious of the, the madness going on in the world, you need hope. And the hope that we need comes from God himself, comes by way of the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts. He gives spiritual gifts to us, right? Uh, spiritual fruit, the nature of God, being revealed in and through us. Love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, all those wonderful fruit of the Spirit, they come as we rely on the Holy Spirit making those things live in our hearts. Boldness. So, so many more things. These are just some of the benefits of the cross that uh, the Holy Spirit makes available to us. So here's what I want to do now. I want, to, I want us to watch a video that's uh, three or four minutes, four minutes long sort of a little summary of how the Holy Spirit um, during the renewal has impacted uh, some people's lives. And then I'm going to invite us to come and receive a fresh impartation from the Holy Spirit. So we'll have our prayer team ready to pray at the end. Let's watch the video.